Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Big League Philanthropist Podcast, where we talk to athletes and nonprofits about the power of sports and what they're doing to make a difference in their own communities. I'm your host, Danielle Berman. I'm the founder and CEO of Tackle What's Next, where we help athletes create impact after the game and find their purpose in life after sports. Join me and learn more about how athletes all over the world are changing not only their own lives, but the lives of others around them. Welcome to the Big League Philanthropist. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Big League Philanthropist. I'm so excited for our next interview. We are really pumped to have Chini Nuagba on. Uh, If you haven't heard of Chini, she is a Nigerian native. She played basketball, started playing basketball in high school, uh, ended up playing at Syracuse for the Nigerian national team, played professionally in Europe, um, and she is currently the interim director of Peace Players Baltimore. Uh, So uh, very close to home. Uh, I love Peace Players. I love what they're doing internationally and in the U.S., but uh, I'm really excited to sit down with Chinny and share our conversation with you. If you haven't tuned in to our first few episodes of season three, please go check them out. Each of our guests have been so fantastic. They're all such great examples of what you can do using the power of sports to make a difference. And you won't want to miss their stories and their advice for you. Now, I, I want to highlight this because Chinny has her own podcast. It's called the Play It Forward podcast. And she co-hosts it with some folks from Peace Players International. And it's fantastic. So there is a plug in the show notes for the podcast. If you like this podcast, I already know you're going to love their podcast as well. So keep tuned in to that, add it to your list, subscribe to that. Uh, She mentions it in the interview as well towards the end, but I want to give her a plug right at the beginning there. Uh, And and it was really a pleasure to sit down with her. You know, again, I talked about, she started playing basketball in high school. Uh, She's a Nigerian native. So she ended up going to two state championships in high school, uh, took her talents to Syracuse, my alma mater as well. uh, And, you know, graduated um, with her bachelor's of science in biology. Um, while ranking third on the team and scoring in her junior season, uh, played on the Nigerian national team. She went on to have a 11 season professional career in Europe. She was playing in Spain, Portugal, and Poland. And really all the while, she talked about how she was really developing her understanding of both preventative fitness, building a brand, and also working with underrepresented youth in sports. So she retired from pro basketball in 2016 and has since spent her time doing a lot of work using sport for good. She worked as an envoy for the U.S. Department of State's Bureau of Education and Cultural Affairs and their sports diplomacy program. She's a liaison for the WNBA and the NBA for youth. And she's currently, as I mentioned, working with Peace Players as their interim director. Chinny really is focused on ensuring underrepresented youth and underserved populations receive the proper resources, and she aims to bring the transformative power of sports to communities around the world. I think you will see her passion and just the purpose she finds in this work in our interview, uh, and I'm really excited for you guys to hear it. Uh, we shout her out in the interview, but I just want to thank Latoya Fisher, uh, who I connected with Chinny from. She's the former head of Peace Players Baltimore similarly well accomplished, just a genuinely fantastic person. She spoke at a couple of our Taco What's Next uh, events before, including our Impact Summit in July. So a huge thank you to LaToya for connecting Chinny and I for making this introduction. And another huge thank you to Chinny for coming on the show and for the work that you are doing for the youth in my hometown of Baltimore. So without further ado, here is our conversation with Chinny Nuagbo of Peace Players Baltimore. Well, welcome everybody. I am here with Chinny Nawagbo, Interim Director of Peace Players Baltimore and host of the Play It Forward podcast, former professional basketball player as well. Chinny, thank you so much for joining us at Big League Philanthropist. Absolutely. I'm excited to be here and just have a good conversation and be relaxed. Uh, I don't want to say the date because I'm unsure when you guys are going to air this, but it's a wonderful (laughs) day to be alive. It's the festive season, so I'm just happy to be here. Well, we're really excited to have you here, and thanks for joining us. And and I think many people may have heard of Peace Players, uh, but they may not be aware of the work that Peace Players is doing in the United States. And so I want to first talk about, you know, you have international experience playing basketball, so you've been all over the place. You've done some work with the State Department as well. Kind of tell us a little bit about 
your background, being a former professional basketball player, playing for the national team in Nigeria, uh, what has your sports experience been like? And, and how did you kind of get to that international level? Like, tell us a little bit about right. your journey. Right. right. Which is, um, I mean, and I'm going to keep this really short and sweet. So like, I'm not telling you this huge, long story, but so I started playing in the ninth grade. I was not good at all, but I was really athletic. And my coach discovered me in the hallway and he was like, do you want to play basketball? And I was like, yes. Uh, and he lit a fire in me that has been um, just burning since. Uh, and so from there, was able to work my butt off and get a scholarship to go play at Syracuse University. From Syracuse University, went and played professionally all over the world um, for 11 years, playing in six years in Spain, a year in Portugal, three years in Poland. Uh, I played in the World Championship Games, as you mentioned, in Brazil, representing Nigeria. Uh, I played in the South American Championship Games in Chile, and I finalized my career in 2016 in um, Israel, which was a great experience, right? Um, and the whole time, I am enjoying myself, but I'm also enjoying this other platform that's uh, being created, right, simultaneously, which is that space for social, uh, sports for social uh peace, social justice, um, mm. and social good, right? And so I'm developing as this athlete and I'm traveling all over the world and I get to see the world and people through different lenses and perspectives and just be so appreciative of uh, cultures outside of my own. Mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, and and and, and it, it, it spiraled into this thing where I'm like, you know what? I really love this space that I'm in. What does sports for social good look like? And so was able to be a bit of a trainer for a while after I retired. But then prior to that, I probably should start there. I was got the opportunity to go and work overseas uh, with uh, the NBA, certifying 500 plus coaches with the, under the NBA, junior NBA handbook in China, mm. which was a great experience. Came wow. back and worked a little bit with the Wizards and the Hawks and the MBPA, um, all in the youth development space. Um, and also with the Department of State as a sports envoy, ideally, uh, it's like the best thing to ever do after you've retired as a, uh, from being an athlete, a professional basketball player. And so what that consisted of was just traveling all over the world and working with different U.S. embassies to promote um, leadership, teamwork, uh, really empower women and girls uh, to lean into their superpowers and then mm -hmm. creating safe places for kids with disabilities to play. And then this great opportunity with Peace Fairs came along and I'm like, oh my God, everything I've been doing all the, under these, all these different umbrellas is embodied on, within Peace Players. And the work we do here, I think is very phenomenal. We use the game, uh, we transform lives, we equip kids with tools to mitigate conflict. We have leadership development. So there's, there's so many wonderful things that we do here. So yeah, I, I'm excited to be a part. Oh, it's, it's fantastic. And I love that you just shared all these different experiences that you had and that it culminated almost in this opportunity right. with Peace right. Players. Uh, and I think for those that don't necessarily know exactly what the mission of Peace Players is, tell us a little bit about the, the vision and the mission behind it. And then specifically in the Baltimore area or in the United States in general, kind of what the goals are and, and what work you guys are doing. Um, you right. know, just give a little background on that. Um, so... I think one of the things is, and, and I will just share with you what we do. So we, for everyone who doesn't know, we offer basketball programming, uh, peace education and leadership development. Through our programming, we like, we, we hope to uh, transform the lives of youth living in communities affected by conflict and inequity. Uh, as a result, our youth, are, they become equipped to influence lasting change in their communities. Uh, peace Fighters was founded in 2001 in South Africa. Uh, under the premise that if we can play together, we can live together. Uh, we are historically located in, uh, sorry, we are located in historically conflicting um, communities. So that's South Africa, uh, the Middle East, Cyprus, and Northern Ireland. And then in the US, we're located in LA, Chicago, Detroit, Brooklyn, and Baltimore. Um, our mission is, is, is really clear. Uh, we, we aim to empower youth uh, through sport so that they can become leaders in their communities. And there's this trickle effect that, that happens within uh, that movement. And we are so passionate about it. I think the thing that I love most about Peace Players is our uh, core values. And we have three core values and they are seeing people as people uh, where you just really truly see the humanity in others, 
uh, inside outside transformation where you can go in when you're in conflict, you can go in and you can think about how I contributed to the conflict, you know, how I can change my lens. Am I making sure that I am seeing these, this person as a person? Uh, and then the third is culture of collaboration. Is that what we do for our kids? Culture of collaboration. Uh, and it's just being able to work together with people who don't necessarily look like you, uh, sound like you, or come from the same background as you, but bringing yourselves together and uniting in a dynamic way that serves the greater good. So I'm, it's something I really, I really, really love. So yeah. Yeah. Oh, and Baltimore been- specifically, we work in Baltimore City. This is my heart because I'm the interim director here. Uh, we work within the community. Our plan is really to unite the Black butterfly. Um, and if you want more, I can give you more, <laughs> but it's just to disseminate resources throughout the city in a very wonderful and dynamic way. Uh, and really ensure that youth are being empowered, their voices are heard, and that this youth-led movement is made throughout the city using the platform of basketball and and our sport to to really just lift up our our communities and our youth voices. Yeah, I mean, I think it's really incredible. And even the three core values you focused on, I mean, so important, um, not only for folks in areas maybe of, of historically plagued by conflict, but also just in, in general, being able to work with people that, you know, don't come from the same background as you or don't look like you don't sound like you. Um, and so I think it's, it's so important what you're doing. You know, I want to know, you know, you talked about your athletic career yourself. Um, how have some of those skills that you learned being an athlete, traveling all over the place, living in different countries, competing in different countries, playing for different leagues across the world. How have those, some of those skills helped you work you know, whether it's in the state department as a sports envoy, whether it's, you know, kind of working uh, in different uh, opportunities internationally, but specifically at peace players, right. You're talking about getting to work with people that are different from you. And I'm assuming, uh, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, that when you're playing internationally, you're also playing and, and working together with people that don't necessarily come from the same background as you as well. So tell us a little bit about what you've learned from that sports experience that you're taking with you. Right, right. Um, I think it's important to note that I am uh, American, but my I'm first generation American. My parents are Nigerian. So I've always been a part of so many, you know, well, two different cultures, right? But mm-hmm. within the uh, U.S. culture, there's an eclectic mix of different culture and arrays of different people. And I've always been open to yeah. that, right? I love anthropology, right? Um, and so what my sports background has done for me has exposed me to all the things that I love uh, and really just provided a lens that if I didn't travel, if I didn't have the sport, I probably would have never uh, obtained, right? So mm-hmm. I am able to like, i give you an example. When I used to play, I used to get so giddy and excited about going to my teammate's house in Spain because they'd like invite me over for the weekend And it'd be as simple as stopping on the corner. We grab fresh bread that you can smell from like a mile away. You end up at their grandma's house and their their grandma's in the kitchen cooking and their mom's there, their dad's there, extended family. And we're just sitting around the table and we're having a wonderful meal and really enjoying the day, right? Um, At home, it was kind of like that for me. But then you got older and people, you know, you live in the US and you're hustling and bustling. You got to get to point A to point B. And so Spain taught me like, the importance of just really slowing down and enjoying the fruits of your labor and enjoying, you know, really spending quality time. And it doesn't have to be a holiday, right? It can be every single weekend where you really <laughs> yeah. uh, are in the moment investing people. Um, and then the lens of understanding that you are not the priority in the world is something mm-hmm. that I obtained through sport, right? When you play around the world, you realize like, wow, America is not the only country. Oh my goodness. There are other people doing things in different ways and they're still very successful. Yeah. Uh, and maybe if we adopt what they're doing or we're inclusive to uh, their way of life, it might make our lives a little bit better. So I always try to meet people where they are uh, mm-hmm. and get to know who they are because there's a story that everyone tells. Uh, and that story that person is telling you can fortify you, make you more whole. And, you know, it amplifies your story as well. So through basketball, I learned that we are all interconnected. We are connected through the world. Um, so there's so many different things, right? How to be a leader, right? When I was in uh, countries that didn't speak my language, and having really to adapt and understand, like, okay, how can I get, how can I get by? What do I need to do? What yeah. does this leadership role look like? And how am I ensuring that 
I am still very much myself, but I'm leaning into the opportunities that are in front of me. So that so many things I was, I was able to acquire. And so landing here at Peace Players and having those lens, lenses and, and, and really hearing about their core values and being like, oh, I, that's who I am um, because of sport uh, has truly been just a pleasure to be here. Uh, and I'm excited to see where it goes, just not just in my professional career, but in life too. Mm. What does that look like as uh, Kenny in 10 years and how am I impacting myself, the world? How am I making sure that I'm really leaning into love? Uh, so yeah, that's, oh, that's I, it. No, I, I, that's it. It's a lot. And it's amazing because I think you, you brought up a couple of things that I heard in there is that, you know, one basketball taught you a lot more than just basketball yeah. uh, the <laughs> the lessons you've pulled from it are applicable in all areas of your life yeah. right it's not right. just the sport that you honed you honed skills that right. you can use right one thing I forgot to mention which is like my pride and joy is the relationships that you build right the friendships that you make mm-hmm. the way you um uh, are able to really equip yourself and add things to your toolbox on how to network with people right how yeah. to meet people uh, and know and invest in them so that they are investing in you. That relationship bond is something that I was able to make um, stronger in my relationships at home and around the world as I continue to play and understand we are all, I said this before, we're all connected, but we all just want a human bond. And that human bond is love, right? We just want to be seen and heard and respected. And it's so simple, but sometimes people just forget about the the simple things so basketball yeah. as well yeah well I, I think that's an incredible ad because the other thing I was going to say is it seems like you are constantly looking for things that authentically connect to you and right. I think we talk to or hear from a lot of athletes that are constantly looking for ways that they can give back and what can they do and I think you offer a really great takeaway in in what basketball has taught you but also like you said how you found peace players and how you mm. came to to find this organization is you immediately resonated with what they do it's it's right. your values as well um and so i thought that was great and i think the relationship piece plays into that as well you know to where you know it's those relationships that you can see other people and they can see you um mm. helps you be your most authentic self but also right. helps you see who those other people are and i love what you said about everybody just wants to feel like they matter that people see them that they have value um and i'm sure working at peace players these kids that you're supporting want that same thing. That's what they want. They want to be seen. They want to feel like they have value that they're that someone's waiting for them to show up because they, right. they, they care. Right. right? So right, it's, right, it's, right. it's that kind of a thing too. I think it all really ties together. Like you said earlier in the interview, just like everything's culminated into this opportunity. So I want to kind of figure out how did you get to peace players? So did you stumble upon it? Were some of these relationships you were creating, did they lead you to it? So kind of how did you get there and why is motivating youth, working with youth important to you? Because you said you were doing it before peace players, right? Working with different teams in the NBA and WNBA, you know, supporting the sports envoy, um, which I know youth is a big part of what they do. So so Mm -hmm. tell us a little bit about, you know, what motivates you to give back to youth sports and to young people, but then how you found peace players as well. Right. So I'll start off with the first part, what motivates me. Um, I think it was just my coach, uh, Walter Clark in high school. He invested in me. Like he Mm -hmm. helped me see things in myself that I would have not seen otherwise, right? And the sport uh, was the platform for that. Uh, The sport gave me the ability, and this is one of the key components as well, that drive, right? Those core characteristics that you get from being an athlete on the court really do transfer into your life. And so he taught us what a champion looks like. I'm gonna translate that to a leader. He taught us what it meant to really lean into your abilities and your gifts. I'm gonna translate to that as your value. And so those things, I thought, okay, if someone older can invest that in me, then it is my duty as a player to ensure that I am paying it forward. And so Mm -hmm. I've always been uh, in love with that space, right? How I can use what I've done and pay it forward. How am I contributing to those coming behind me? What am I doing to serve something greater than myself, right? Because it's not just me here in the world. There's a greater cause that needs to be served and what that looks like. And so that is the driving force behind why I do what I do and why I love what I do. I love feeling that I'm aligned with my purpose and why I'm here. And that means making sure that someone behind me 
has better opportunities than I do. So that's mm. that's it. And then I stumbled on Peace Players. Uh, a good friend of mine who I played with in college, uh, Rochelle Coleman at Syracuse University, uh, was working with Peace Players. And I got this opportunity like a couple years ago, maybe three or four years ago, to come and run <laughs> a basketball uh, practice for them. And I ran the basketball practice and the kids were like dying. And I was like, you mean it's not just basketball? And the way they intertwined <laughs> basketball with leadership development was like mind blowing for me. Like I, I'm doing this community service work and I'm at these uh, camps and these clinics paying, paying it forward, but I never connected how we can use leadership development and sport, right? Mm. How we can create this whole youth movement using sport to really elevate uh, our, our kids, right? So that part was like, wow, it's interesting. And then the fact that they were using um, just basic basketball games that were, you know, mixed with a little something to equip kids with tools to mitigate conflict. Mm. I'm like, oh my God, this is amazing. So that was my first glimpse. And then I keep doing my work after I've retired, just, you know, finding my way. Most professional athletes, once you retire, that is a big space to really learn who you are and figure oh, yeah. out what your purpose is. Um, and I think, I, and I'm so thankful that I was able to be like aligned with this. And so I saw the coordinator position and I was like, oh my God, I'm going to go for that. Well, originally I saw the director position uh, and that was already closed. And I saw the coordinator position. And I said, you know what, I'm going to start from any level and I'm going to build up because I love this organization and what they stand for. And that was it. I had an interview. Uh, my amazing boss at the time, Latoya Fisher, hired me. And it's been sweet sailing ever <laughs> since. And I started this job back in August. I am so happy to be here. We are growing and expanding. And I'm most happy and impressed with what our youth are involved in what they care about and how they're just so hip and how they teach me every day that I'm so old but yeah <laughs> I love what, I love what we do um so I'm excited about that yeah oh that's amazing well first of all I appreciate uh you kind of giving us that background into your motivation which which I love but also one takeaway I just got from your story is that you weren't afraid to start from, from the bottom and work your right. way up. Right? right. You saw something you're passionate about. You saw something that resonated with you. And, you know, of course, if there's a position that you want, go for it. Right. But you said, Hey, this is what was there. You know, this right. is what I had this opportunity. Right. I'm not going to shy away from it because I don't think it's the right title or I don't think it's right. the right level for me. Um, so I thought that's, that's really valuable takeaway right. too, is that, you know, you got to start from somewhere. Um, yeah. and, coordinator, associate, whatever it is, like if you're passionate it about it, you can work right. your way up. Right. Um, so I think that's really valuable. And I just want to give a shout out to Latoya. because She's the one that even connected us originally. She's amazing. She is she hilarious. Is. If you didn't know, but that's another conversation for another day. Cause you will die laughing. <laughs> I, I do want to say something really quickly about what you said. And I love how you just drop these nuggets and these takeaways. Um, I'm on a podcast too. So it's an important thing to do. So Shout out to them. Yes. <laughs> um, I think I think as a professional athlete, once you retire, one of the hardest things is really understanding how you can align your experience as a professional athlete to your new professional career. Mm. And for me, it didn't take me much time, but I needed to understand just like when I was in ninth grade and I was not good and I had to build, right? You had, I had to put two hours before practice and two hours after to catch up with people, right? Mm -hmm. To really invest and, 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 and to make sure that that dream of me wanting to be a professional basketball player was, was true. I mean, I used to be in my room and have these like private interviews and I was not good at all. And I'd be like, so Chinny, tell me about this championship. And I'd be like, well, and my mom would be like, who are you talking to? No one. And at the time I couldn't even make a layup, but understanding that you have to start from somewhere. Uh, basketball taught me that I you have to start from the very bottom in order to get to where you want to get to, right? Yeah. And I reached my very top. And so when you're going through that life cycle and you retire, understand that it's the same thing. So yeah. you're not going to retire and become the, the president of, I mean, unless you own your own business and you, you very may, very may well, well be, but be ready to like roll up your sleeves just like you did as a professional athlete, athlete, uh, high school, and, you know, work your way up. Uh, there's nothing wrong in working your way up. But what you'll find is if you're passionate 
and you've educated yourself along the way while being a professional athlete or an athlete that your climb will be faster than mm-hmm. what you think. Oh, that's such a great takeaway. I love that. And I think it's important to highlight that because especially if we're talking about the nonprofit world, it's not an easy sign up, do it, start. And, and, you know, it's, it's a cush nine to five job where you're just sitting up kind of going, well, we had a camp today and it was a lot of fun. You're doing a lot of stuff. You're talking to kids, you're planning everything. You're talking to schools, you're getting grants, you're getting funding. Like, you know, you're, it's a business. This is a business business, that you're, you're running or that you've created. So I think it's, it's great advice to just say, Hey, this is, not going to be easy. It might be a tiny mm. bit easier because you've already been through a career um, right. and you know how to take something and, and build on it, but right. it's, it's not going to be a walk in the park. So I right. think just understanding for folks too, I, I think I see a lot of folks go, Oh, I'll just start a nonprofit. It's super easy. Um, I just sign up and I go for it. And then I just have to do a fundraising event. There's so much more to it. And <laughs> it's, it's, you know, it's, it's really, if you want to make an impact, you right. have to really think about, you know, is this, nonprofit that I'm just going to create because I feel like it actually going to drive impact right. or are my efforts going to be better suited doing something else, supporting right, someone exactly. else, supporting someone exactly. else's organization. So I think it's right. a great point you bring up around the work that goes into that next career. It's that same work that's going to go into the impact you want to make too. I mean, it, nothing comes from nothing. You have to, you have to, something has to happen for right. stuff to, to move forward. So I think that's 100%. a really great piece of advice. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And, and, and like what you just said, strategic planning, right? Um, so where do you spend weeks or a week for a championship, right? And you strategically plan on how you're going to defend this person or, oh, oh okay, he, he likes to do the one, two step back shot. His hand kind of goes, that's the same way you have to strategically plan to be successful in whatever you do, especially in nonprofit, because mm-hmm. it's not just you, you're impacting so many other people. And you really want to make sure that you're doing things the right way yeah. and that you're not just one and done. Because once you, for when you invest in children, once they think that you're there and you are no longer there and you let them down, that is a big, that's a big deal. So yeah, yeah. I'm with you on that. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. I mean, sustainability is so important to so many organizations, yeah. but you bring up the youth aspects. Like there are kids counting on you. Right. And if you haven't planned a sustainable program or a sustainable initiative where you can keep showing up and continue. Like you said, I mean, now it's not just you that's being affected. It's them because they're, right. you, you've become a stability factor and in, in their week or in their month, whatever it is. And mm-hmm. if you're not there, it's, it's, it impacts them. Some of the work that you've done could be lost in, in that person saying, I knew yeah. it. Right. I knew, yeah. I knew this was too good to be true or whatever that situation is. So, um, I want to switch gears just a little bit back to what you were talking about with sport for good and how that's always been a passion of yours and, and how you saw the work with peace players as kind of an embodiment of an area you were so interested in, you know, in your opinion, why is sports such a great tool to bring young people together? And why does it have so much power to teach us so many lessons? That's a great question. Um, I think it, it brings young people together. I think it brings the world together, right? Mm-hmm. Sports is that space where you can bring up uncomfortable conversations. Mm. Sports is that space that connects us all around the world. It's just, who doesn't like a competitive place to be in? And, you know, you're talking about your team and all these other things. And I think sports is a very great uh, platform. And we've seen it in the past year with Black Lives Matter and things around the world where athletes have really leaned into that activism aspect yeah. of being an athlete, right? It's not, they're multifaceted right now. Um, and they have been, but just in spurts, but now you can see more, like the WNBA did a fantastic job and has been doing a fantastic job right. um, using their platform to change the world. Yeah, but I setting think, the blueprint, really. Honestly. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And sports creates, in my opinion, a space. Uh, and it's tough because it's like, Part of it is that people see athletes as superheroes, even though they're mm-hmm. humans. And what sports does is it gives you that superhero platform, but then what they're doing is they're bringing people back down to ground, to level ground to say, hey, no, I'm not a superhero. I'm a human being who, who deserves rights. And so I think sports is just a medium to have conversations that are inclusive of everyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and there's, in that space, I think having those conversations allows a lot of people not to feel shame 
Because I think mm. a lot of times the conversations aren't being had because people feel shame. But we got to push back the shame yeah. to have the conversations to move forward uh, in and just dismantling systemic racism and dismantling um, the the inequalities of uh, classism, uh, mm -hmm. the lack of generational wealth in the black communities, um, the lack of the huge pay disparity between women and men. Like there's so yeah. many things. And then internationally, I'm sure there are tons of other bullet points that I've, I've missed, but sports is that space to start to create um, not necessarily solutions, but find the weaknesses, right? Those back doors where we can get through and finally have a space where our voice is being heard. And so hopefully that, you know, gets the wheels turning where people can yeah. start to say, okay, this is not the right thing. We probably should be looking for something that's far more inclusive of, of everyone. So I would say that sports is um, just a really great space for people to come together, uh, especially youth. youth like, everybody loves sports. Who doesn't love sports, right? Right. Yeah. Um, well, it's it's one of those of, things, right? That everybody can, regardless of language, regardless of of background. Right. You know, you put a ball on the ground or in your hand, depending on what sport it is. Like yep. everyone kind of knows what they're doing, right? Really? You know? And it's. I think that's that's the that's a great point. And, right. and it it's it's a place of dialogue, right? You're not like right. changing laws in sport, but that dialogue right. could lead to that. So I think right. it's it's. I love that you mentioned. It includes everyone because it, it does, you it's know, like, right? yeah, everyone plays sports at some point in their life, you know, and I think it's, you can relate to a teammate more than you can right. relate to someone you see on the news that you have no mm -hmm. relationship with. So mm -hmm. it's almost that dialogue means a little bit more because right. if your teammate that's, you know, from a community that experiences systematic racism or oppression and they speak about it, then you're like, well, man, me yeah. from a non-systemic oppressed community, I'm like, well, I never thought about it that way. And right. I didn't realize that my friend was going through this and right. it personalizes it for you versus hearing yeah. about it as a statistic. Right. Um, exactly. So I think that's right. like that dialogue, Sorry, right? I'm, 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 right, yes. <laughs> no, also, I think, I think what, what, yeah, no, no, right. also what I think is great too is that um, what sports does is, like, basketball in general, is that we're all working towards a common goal. Hmm. Right, we all have the same goal in mind, and that does not depend on how you look, your gender. Like it doesn't depend on anything other than we need to work together, cultural collaboration, to get to this common goal. Mm -hmm. And when you're on the court, and you're uh, from Baltimore, and you're you've never traveled over to the West, and your teammate is from the West and you're from the East, you're not thinking about, well, he's from the West, so he probably doesn't. You're just thinking, all right, this is our common goal, right? And you work together and whether you win or you lose after that game, you're like, oh my God, you know, you see someone a little bit different because you mm -hmm. guys have worked together to try to achieve something together. You can see that they, you can see their effort. They, you can see that they are just like you, right? Yeah. The commonality. Um, your self-identity that then becomes a vision of, okay, how can we collaborate? And so I think that common goal also creates space for people to be like, you know what? You're not too bad. You like the Giants? So do I. You know, <laughs> let's talk about this. Let's grab, a, let's grab some drinks. You know, something that, that commonality that brings people together is, is a big deal. So, oh it yeah. opens up that space. A hundred percent. And I think it's great that what you guys are doing at Peace Players is using sports for kids to build skill sets, to learn how to, mm -hmm. you know, deal with conflict, to learn how to um, navigate situations in their lives. And so, you know, I just want to know too, are there any projects you guys are doing within Peace Players Baltimore um, that are new or definitely exciting? Um, what, what have you guys been doing over the last six or so months? Um, and, and what kind of inspires the work that you guys do? How do you decide what projects to keep or what projects to kind of build? Right, so uh, we are currently in the Sandtown Winchester area, also um, West Baltimore, and we are also working with Northwood. So we work with elementary schools, mm -hmm. brilliant elementary schools, um, bringing our programming, our leadership development programming, um, of course, mixed with basketball to, to these schools. And so that's what we just finalized uh, this week with our pizza party. Uh, and that was 
uh, eight weeks of fall programming. Of course, we're going to start again in January for mm -hmm. winter programming. Um, but some of the projects that we've, our uh, upcoming project, I'll tell you, I'll tell you a project that we just had, friendship games. So they're virtually, uh, they're virtual. And what our friendship games consist of is just us uniting kids around the world, you know, mm. using sport as this platform, right? To create equitable opportunities to lean into the idea of peace around the world. But what we do is we travel to uh, next year, for example, uh, our site is, potentially going to be Israel mm. and from all our five sites all the kids will come over and they'll and they'll be a part of fun basketball games leadership development uh, team building uh, in a way that connects them around the world a space to create friendships with people who don't look like you and then hopefully what that does is it changes your lens mm. on how to view others who are not like you or or it enhances your lens that and shows you that this person can be all the way across the world. And we have so many great commonalities and similarities that we, we can be best friends, right? And yeah. so it kind of breaks down those barriers of uh, inequities. It, it, it breaks down those barriers of you know, racial divides. It breaks, it's, it, so it's, it's a great experience. Um, and normally our leadership development kids get to be a part of that. So that's, that's one thing. Um, but the thing that's upcoming and I'm really excited about is our Martin Luther King, uh, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Day, so our MLK Day. It's January 15th and the 16th. Um, and it's going to be in Baltimore City. Uh, I, my plan is to have one on, uh, so it's two days, January 15th. Mm -hmm. We will be at Oliver, Dawson Safe Haven, um, with basketball camps and clinics. We'll have um, a DJ and food and uh, hopefully there will be a mental health awareness and like, mm. you know, different stations and a speaker to talk about the legacy uh, and unite us, right, of, uh, under the, the scope of the work that um, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. has done for us to pave the way, uh, you know, planting those seeds for everyday heroes so people can see how they are, you know, uh, much like uh, him. And then the second day, January 16th, this is a Sunday, we will go from the east to the west. So I plan to bus my kids who don't necessarily maybe leave outside their communities to the west side. And we will work with Stuart Hill Elementary, um, Stuart Hill Academic Academy, uh, one of our partners, to clean up Union Square, Union Park. Uh, so we'll clean up the community, make it beautiful and beautify the school with um, some refurbishments and painting and stuff, but just bringing us together, um, having speakers oh, okay. and having our kids come from the East and the kids come from the West and just uniting that that black butterfly that I talked about with those equitable experiences. So I'm excited uh, about that. Oh, that's so exciting. I think it's really cool. And, and again, I love that like basketball is just a part of what you guys are doing and it's not, you know, we're going to do a basketball camp. Like we're going to like, those are important, right? Again, right, right, right. those are what gets the kids to come out and show up because mm -hmm. they're excited. But I love that there's this programming that you're building in, but also these really fun experiences that are giving them the perspective that you talked about, right? Being able mm -hmm. to go into a different part of the community that's not even that far away, but you just haven't walked outside of your neighborhood because right. you haven't needed to, you haven't had right, that experience right. or you haven't had maybe not needed to, but haven't had the opportunity to. Right. And I think it's, That's it's it. really important to expose young people specifically to things outside of their bubble um, right. and giving them a sense of the world is big. The world is very big um, mm. and you play a part in it. And so you, yes. you have this opportunity to, to switch your community, right. to change your situation but you also, you know, should be excited about being able to beautify where you live, to be able to make, <laughs> yeah. you know, make a difference right, to your own right, community right, and right. you can make things better right where you are. So right I think where you are. Um, there's so many good takeaways there. And, mm -hmm. and for our listeners, if they should take anything really away from the work that you and your team at Peace Players Baltimore are doing, what would that be? What would you want folks to, to take away from that? I think it's what I mentioned before. Um, we are here to say, just serve a greater purpose than ourselves. Um, wherever you can contribute and just be a leader and help others come behind you, um, that's that's the most important thing. But if, as far as youth, give back to the youth, empower them, make them feel like they're heard. Um, use your space to ensure that someone's life can potentially be changed because of the investment you've made into them. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's what we were trying to do. Um, uh, and I'm happy that you really specified on the word opportunity and I'm gonna couple it with the word resources mm-hmm. um, because you need to have the opportunities, but you also need to have the resources because if the opportunity is on the other side of town, yep. but you don't have the resources to get there, um, that's important too. So yeah, that's what I, I would say. Definitely. I don't know oh, if that I was clear that. enough, but. 100%. No, I think it is. I think it's extremely clear. And I think these are important things to be having discussions about because right. I think there's a national conversation of, well, the opportunities are there. You just have to work hard. You just have to, you have to figure it out. You have to put in the time, but to your exact point, if the opportunities exist 20 miles away and you have no way to get those 20 miles, what are you to do? So right. it's, it's, it's not necessarily as easy as pull up pull up your, you know, pull up your pants and put on your bootstraps, whatever they say, right. right? right, You know, pull up your bootstraps and get on out there. It's not always that easy. It's if there's no resources in your community, if you don't have public transportation, Mm -hmm. if you don't have the ability to Mm -hmm. buy a car, get there, drive around, you know, it's, it's, there's, there's things that folks take for granted that just they have, and they have these opportunities, um, access to these opportunities. So I appreciate, yeah, yeah, I appreciate you clarifying that and clarifying it for everyone listening too because it's not just the opportunities it's the access and the resources resources get them so i think that's that's huge um and i know we're we're nearing the end of our time here and i have a couple more questions for you um i want to know what does being a philanthropist actually mean to you that word philanthropist what does philanthropy really look like in your eyes Right. And it, it's funny because we have on our podcast show called the Play It Forward podcast. That's a plug. Um, we, we ask our philanthropists what that looks like. And so we, when you're asking me, I'm like, oh, my God, am I a philanthropist? No, I'm not yet. Like, right. I don't consider myself uh, a, a philanthropist, but I guess the work that I do is as such. Right. Uh, your investment into people, uh, your ability to to lift people up your ability to provide access resources and opportunity and really shaping that into a message that fits the community but I think Mm -hmm. philanthropy the true definition of philanthropy is it has nothing to do with me and it has everything to do with the people that you're serving uh, and how you really um, embedded yourself in the community to hear the voices and to hear what's needed Mm -hmm. Um, I think oftentimes there are these huge um, organizations that want to provide uh, resources uh, and money to communities, but they haven't heard what the need of the community is. And I think philanthropy is that connection between the need of the community and the resources that are out there and making sure that they interconnect and that there is a, um, a correlation there and that the people who need it the most are being served. And so I guess that's what philanthropy would, would mean to me. Um, and then at the end of it, and this is really who I am, just kindness as well, right? Philanthropy yeah. is about that special piece of kindness, right? And understanding and really like diving deep into uh, the, the people that you are trying to lift up, the youth that you're trying to serve. So I don't know if that's a good definition, but that's what I would think. It's an amazing definition. Yeah, Yeah, it's an amazing definition. And I know you were skeptical about you being a philanthropist, but you absolutely are. Just by your definition alone, right? You're you're doing that. And I think one thing that reason we like to ask the question is because some people don't see themselves as a philanthropist because they aren't donating massive amounts of money. They haven't created their own thing or started their own initiative. But to be honest, uh, one of our guests said this and it stuck with me. He said, philanthropy is more of a mindset than it is a, you know, than it is a actual, you know, definition. It's more of a a mindset of, 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 thing to be um, yeah. not a not a not a necessarily an act it was more of like a, how you can be and that's kind of what you said you said look it's it's someone that is providing opportunity they're being kind they're connecting all of these things it's but it's you didn't say it's someone that donates money or it's someone that it, it doesn't have to look <laughs> a certain way right? right it's providing access and opportunity to opportunity and resources right. can look a million different ways right. um and it doesn't have to be through a nonprofit. you know it doesn't right. have to be in a specific vehicle so i really appreciate that definition and i love that you said it's not really about me it's about those that I'm serving it's 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 really about them and listening Mm -hmm. to them because I think that's a huge problem with the philanthropy sector I'm putting that in air quotes because 
a lot of big philanthropic organizations, like you said, have had that negative, uh, you know, kind of stigma of they just come in and tell us what they do and that we need it, not vice versa, you know, Right. right. Have we, have we talked about whether that's even helpful? Um, yeah. So I appreciate that really like all encompassing definition. And I think it's, it's really great to hear that, you know, like, yeah, through all these people you're interviewing from the people that you're affecting through peace players, like, yeah, you are making a difference and connecting I those folks it. to opportunities. And so. so are you with this podcast. <laughs> no, well, no, no. And all the other wonderful things that you do as well. I don't know if the, the, the listeners know, but yeah. No, absolutely. I appreciate that. And, you know, as we wrap up here, I want to let you kind of end our podcast one with some advice and two, where to find you and where to find peace players and where to find the podcast that, that you co-host. So the advice I want to know from you is uh, from you is uh, for athletes at any level or really young people in general who want to speak up about the issues that matter to them and want to help drive change in their own communities. What advice would you give them? Oh, that's a good, good thing. Uh, it starts with you, right? It starts with understanding uh, your power uh, and your platform. And then it's just as small as, and not small, I guess that's not the best word, but it's just as simple as writing down what it is that you want to accomplish and then chipping away at that every single day, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we are not going to change the world in one day, right? Noah's Ark wasn't built in overnight. But what we can do is make sure that we are doing things every day that align with that message that we want to get out, that change that we want to see in the world. So I would say it's simple as if you have an Instagram uh, or a TikTok, make sure your stories and your message behind that aligns with the change you want to see in the world, right? Mm. And that's evoking change amongst your peers, right? And, and, you, and you may not think it's a big deal, but it's a big deal. People want to oh, hear yeah. that. People want to know. Uh, and so I'm so sorry for this uh, lawnmower person in the back in the background. <laughs> it's okay, it's but not that bad. I promise. <laughs> uh, and so that's I think that's one space. And then I would say, as an athlete, uh, and I'm uh, assuming that there's a lot of young athletes listening out there, uh, just be your very best at all times, right? So try to be a leader whenever you can. Those small ripple, uh, those things make small ripple effects in that overall change in the world. If you can start with yourself. Uh, and you can look at who you are and how you view the world and how you approach people and change there, that is bigger change that you would ever see in life. And I know people are like, really? But yes, being kind to others, um, being genuine, being honest, being transparent, uh, being inclusive, uh, understanding that things uh, exist outside of you and your way is not the ultimate way. Uh, And then fostering wonderful and amazing relationships uh, with people who are on board with that type of lifestyle. So I would, I would say that, I don't know if that's hits the point exactly, but I always think that change starts with the individual, that self-identifying practice, making yourself um, who you'd like yourself to be, uh, empowering yourself and understanding your brilliant and your uniqueness in the world, and then leaning into that and making sure that you can draw that out in others. Oh, it's such great advice. And I think it's really important for folks to understand that you really can't help anyone until you understand who you are, what matters to you and, and what you need, you know, what, 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 what do you need to take care of yourself? Because, you know, it's, it's that saying that you can't pull from an empty well, like if you aren't taking care of yourself, you can't do much to help others. And so I think understanding who you are, like you said, taking those, that time to write down what matters to you, what you want, what message you want to be sending out. But like you said, also doing that hard work to understand, like, what do I actually care about? Like, what, what does resonate with me? What, what do I want to focus on? What, what impact do I want to make? And I love that you're like, start, start with simple. It doesn't have to be a super complex solution. It could be really easy, you know, starting off small, which I think small is okay. Right. It's, it's small. Doesn't mean small impact. It just means, you know, maybe a a smaller commitment right off the bat, um, to see what, what you can do, but it builds from there. Just like you were talking about with your athletic career, you have to put in that work and kind of start from somewhere. So it it sounds like, and, and, you know, at least from my end, like you're telling us just to start, to start thinking about it, to start doing it right. Not to just wait till you have the complex thing figured out. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I love how you say small doesn't mean small impact. It sure doesn't. Mm-hmm. Small can have the largest impact in the, you've heard of the butterfly effect. Small can have the largest impact in the world. Just start, start yeah. and 
yeah so oh, thank you that well, was awesome <laughs> oh a fantastic place to leave it and I want to just give you a chance to one where can we find your podcast where you interview philanthropists I think our audience would love to tune into that and then where do they learn more about peace players and where do they learn more about you or connect with you uh, outside of this interview okay so I'm like looking up I know our, our Instagram <laughs> is brand new but our podcast is uh the play it forward podcast it is on all major uh, podcast uh, platforms. So you can find and listen to us there. Our Instagram is brand new, but I'll share my Instagram, which is at Chinny underscore N. Our new Instagram is, and it's me pulling up my, <laughs> what is our new Instagram? <laughs> and I am not the best at this, but it is the Play It Forward podcast. Um, and you can find that on Instagram. I'm not sure if we have TikTok because I'm old and I don't have TikTok. <laughs> I don't have TikTok but, either. <laughs> yeah, but we have also, uh, you can also follow us at peaceplayers underscore US. Um, and we're we're there. I think our Twitter is the same. So just mm-hmm. Google Peace Players or the Play It Forward podcast. So yeah. yeah. And, and I'm sure peaceplayers.org probably has a bunch of this somewhere oh, to look up to. Right? Our website, look at you, <laughs> www.peaceplayers.org. You can always you find us there with a whole bunch of information and our podcast are linked there as well. So yeah. Perfect. Well, we'll put all this in the show notes for folks to find. So we'll, we'll make sure we got all the right links in there. But Chenny, I really want to appreciate, uh, you know, thank you for taking the time. Really appreciate you coming on the podcast and taking time to share so many great stories, insights, advice with us. Uh, really appreciate the work you and your team are doing at Peace Players. And uh, I know uh, Play It Forward is on my list to, to, to check out and tune in. So I hope our audience will, will go check it out as well. But thanks for being here. It was amazing. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. <laughs> be on again. Right. Thank you. Yes. We got to do a round two. I love it. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Thank you so much. Thank you. Of course. Thank you all so much for joining us and tuning in to another episode of The Big League Philanthropist. I had the best time talking to Shinny. I love what she is doing, who she's about. I love the advice she gave. So uh, if you really enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend. Check out peaceplayers.org. Check out the Baltimore chapter, what they're doing. Uh, go support the Play It Forward podcast and go to peaceplayers.org to learn about all of that. Everything's in the show notes. So you can go follow her on Instagram at Chinny underscore and at peace players underscore us uh, to see what they're up to and i just again want to thank jenny for taking the time to come be there uh, sit down with us at the big league philanthropist and for the incredible work that she and her team are doing uh, i love highlighting some of the work that these amazing people are doing so as always i'm gonna end with my plug if you know any athletes doing amazing work just like jenny just like peace players that we need to feature shoot us an email at info at tackle what's next to let us know and don't forget to subscribe rate and review this podcast on apple Podcasts so we can reach even more incredible listeners follow us on spotify uh, share this episode again with someone you think would love this conversation so we can reach more incredible listeners just like you a big thank you to olivia peters isabel patterson and christian bonadonna at team tackle what's next for their help creating this episode and i'll see you next time for another inspiring conversation here at the big league philanthropist Thank you.